Welcome to the Summit County HealthCast, a podcast to improve the health and wellness of residents in Summit County, Utah. Join us as we interview local experts, professionals, and more to provide you with the best health and wellness tips Summit County has to offer. Let's get started. Welcome back to another episode of the Summit County HealthCast. I'm here today with return guest Caroline Rodriguez and we're talking about the bike share program in Summit County, the Summit County bike share. How's it going today, Caroline? Great, great. Glad Excellent. to be here. So just really quick before we get into it, why don't you give everyone a recap of what your job is here and yeah, a little bit about yourself. Well, my job at the county is really sort of all things transportation. Whenever the county council or the county manager or any other co-workers have any issues or problems or ideas related to transportation. I'm, I'm sort of involved and in, you know looking for opportunities for the county to further the county council strategic goals and yeah all things transportation. So all things transportation includes the summit bike share program which kicked off a year ago a year and a couple months ago. Yep. Real quick if people missed that episode and haven't heard about it why don't you just tell us what it is, how it works, and some information like that. The Summit Bike Share is the first fully electric bike share in the nation. It's the only bike share system that has Pedelec electric assisted bikes, which are bikes that kick in with an electric motor to propel you forward once you start pedaling. And a bike share is just sort of what the name implies. It, the county owns the bikes and users share in the ownership of those bikes by being members. And they can check them out at any station and ride them for 45 minutes, 90 minutes, or however long they choose to. The purpose of these bikes is really to give people a way to make these you know, short little trips that they wanna make without having to get in their car and drive alone and sort of sit sit on the roadway with all the other traffic. So it's the first in the nation, which means we're pretty much a front runner in this. How did that come to be then, where we kind of set the trend in this instance? Yeah, so really the impetus for the program was one of our county council members, Roger Armstrong, had an, he went on an electric bike tour and he loved it so much that it just really made him think, you know, this is something anyone can do. It's really easy, it's really fun, it's attractive, it's a true alternative to the car, and this is something that I'd like the county to pursue. So he came to me and said, I want an electric bike share, and we got one. And it's a really good fit for kind of the Park City area because it's something that tourists can come and use, but locals can also take advantage of it as well. Yep, exactly. Um, you know, it also, it also speaks to the active lifestyle that we have here in Summit County that our res a lot of residents are here because they love the outdoors, they love to be active. And so, you know, a bike share system fits right in with that. On the other hand, because it's electric and pedal assisted, those that maybe aren't as active or aren't bicyclists, they also have access to the system because it's just so easy to use. So what's the cost for this? There's You can pay as you go or there are annual plans. Explain that a little bit. Yeah, so um, everyone is anyone who uses the system is considered a member. But um, for $90 a year, a resident has access to unlimited trips, unlimited 90-minute trips. Uh, and there's also $30 a month, and that's for unlimited 45-minute uh, trips. And then a weekly pass is $18 and a 
trip, single trip pass is $2. Okay. The next question is where are the stations located? I know when we first kicked this off last year, there were some done for the initial launch, but I believe we've opened up a couple more since then, or are there plans to open some more if they're not ready yet? Yeah, so there's plans to open more. Right now we have nine stations between the Basin and Park City Municipal, so that's Tanger Outlets, the New Whole Foods, New Park, Kimball Junction Transit Center, Canyons Transit Center, which is right at the base of the cab. Then within municipal boundaries, there's one in the Prospector neighborhood. There's one at the A-Fresh, which is actually called the Deer Valley Station, but it's at the A-Fresh. Park City Library, and then one at the Old Town Transit Center. So really, people can easily get, if they wanted to, from Uptown Park City on Main Street all the way to the outlets if they wanted to. Yep, yep, they can. And it's um, interesting you say that because... What we saw in the data from the first year is that, um, I won't say most, but a lot of users are using these bikes to get from Kimball Junction into town. And then, you know, they could be carpooling out or Uber or taking the Electric Express, whatever that is, but they're taking their trip into town via the bikes. And that's a cool feature of the bike share program is that you don't have to return it where you picked it up at. So exactly. you can pick it up at one station and drop it off at another. And then we have some awesome employees that will kind of regulate and watch that mm -hmm. and make sure that there are even amounts of bikes. And I believe the, correct me if I'm wrong, but there's like an AI system behind it that monitors where the bikes are being used and where they're being put. So we can kind of make sure that we have bikes in heavily trafficked areas, but yet there are still bikes in other areas, correct? Exactly. So you, there's GPS tracking on all the bikes, so we know where they are at all times. As part of that, there's also this data collection system that over time we'll be able to predict where we need the bikes and when. So once we have, you know, one, two, three seasons worth of data, we'll be able to determine that, okay, on um, Friday night at 9 p.m., people are checking out a lot of bikes um, at the A-Fresh. So make sure you move the bikes there. And oh, that becomes predictive and really powerful over time and really allows us to serve our customers better. So you mentioned briefly some of the data from the first year. Why don't you go into a little more detail about the numbers that you saw and just some of the things you learned after the first year of usage in the bike share program. In year one, we had just over 9,000 trips for about 32,000 miles. So people are going, you know, between three and four miles per trip. That's uh, a lot of trips when you add those up. That is a lot of trips, especially since it was only four and a half months of service that the bikes were open. I will say that this year we've only been open two months and we're already close to 30,000 trips. So it's catching on. It's not just longer, longer period of time being open this year, but people, more people are using it. Exactly. Like. Exactly. It's really catching on. More people are, uh, more people know about it. More people are hearing about it. We're getting a lot more inquiries from out of state and out of country about it. So I think that kind of leads into the next question I had is how have people reacted and used the program? Was it different than expected? And if so, how? It actually went um, a lot better than we expected. The usage was just so high. It was almost off the charts. We did know that the biggest threat would be there aren't enough bikes to go around. And that was our biggest flaw in, um, in season one, but that's simply a matter of funding. You know, in season two, we added 40 more bikes on the street, but still they're in such high demand that it's really hard to keep them charged and and um, available to people. Which is a good problem to have, I would assume. Exactly. Kind of 
coming from a marketing background, it's a lot easier to get more bikes than it is to get more people to use the bikes, Exactly, right? exactly. So in the first year, are there any changes that you implemented or some lessons learned? The changes that, we, that we've implemented are more behind the scenes, th things people probably won't notice um, right away, but we added more full-time logistics staff, so more people to service the bikes, more people to move the bikes around. Uh, we changed around some of the customer service, the customer service sort of protocols and things like that. And actually the bikes were rebranded with the addition of the sponsor, Intermountain um, Healthcare, the Livewell Center. Okay. So there's new wraps on the bikes, which are really cool. So you can definitely go check those out. And speaking of the bikes themselves, I know there have been a few instances of some misuse of the bikes, you might say. So what I wanted to go over is just kind of some general tips and reminders for people about how these bikes are used because these aren't off-road bikes. They're, the, they're, while they're really easy to use and comfortable, they're definitely built to stay on pavement. And we've kind of discovered that when they're not used in that way, we have some issues, right? Um, a, a little bit. They're actually um, trail tested. They, they can go on mountain bike trails, but if you're saying to yourself, should I be on this trail with the bike? The answer is no. Right. Let's let's use your best judgment. No, the, these bikes are made for transportation purposes and, and that's why we've invested the money in them. Users will also notice that the pedal assist turns off on all the mountain bike trails. We've put in those, what we call geofences to prevent the assist from working on the mountain bike trails. Last season, we did have quite a few people try and take them up on the trails just to test test out the, right. their capacity and while they sort of work on the trails it ends up in, in damage and then we have problems getting parts in and then that means the bikes are not available for other users. I think you know our biggest uh, misuse of the bikes is children riding the bikes and these bikes are not sized for anyone under 18 and they're not meant for those users to use. You know we've had parents that understand the rules but don't care or maybe some parents that don't know the rule, but the rule is you must be 18 to use the bike. You should not be putting your friends in the basket. You should not put your babies in the basket while you're riding. Definite no um, no there. Once again, if you're saying, should I be doing this? The answer is no. So basically just use some common sense out there. Yes. And just because they are tested for trails, like you said, that doesn't necessarily mean, you know, we don't want you riding right. on trails. And it just helps everyone. It keeps the bikes in service so they're available for other people to use. Exactly. And we want people to, to continue to obey the, the, the uh, rules of the road. You know, don't ride with your headphones in. Make sure you're signaling when you're turned. Anything you would do on a regular bike, we want you to do on this bike as well and be courteous. And since this is a health department podcast, I have to put in a mandatory message encouraging everyone to make sure they're wearing their helmets because you can actually get going pretty fast on these bikes. Yes, you can. And even though the assist will stop assisting you at 14 and a half miles per hour, that doesn't mean you can't pedal faster than that on your own power. It doesn't turn off gravity, right? It, exactly. And we certainly encourage and ask all users to wear a helmet and if there is ever an issue where somebody doesn't have a helmet please contact the health department we'd love contact to contact me we will get you a helmet there there should be no barrier to using a helmet and we just want to make sure again that not only are the bikes safe but especially the people using them exactly looking forward now year two you mentioned that things have kind of gone different than planned but in a good way mm -hmm. what are some plans that you have in the future for the bike share program like expansion um, different things like that. I think the expansion is probably the most exciting because 
we're trying to figure out how many stations we can add this next year, you know, under the financial constraints that we have. But the stations that we're adding are in some locations that probably need need a neighborhood station, but we, we weren't able to fund them on round two. For example, Silver, Silver Springs near the Blue Roof. Um, that's one of the locations we're looking at, or the Basin Rec Field House, or Willow Creek Park. Now, all of these locations make sense for a bike share station, but we just didn't have enough in the bank to do that in round one. But now with this federal transit grant that we've received, we will have funds this year to put those in. And I think that's an important thing to mention too, is that this is grant funded. And this that's round of stations is grant funded, yep. Mm -hmm. Which makes a, I think a big difference when people wonder where the money's coming from the bikes. Now that it's from a grant and it's an opportunity for us to improve, improve our communities in a unique way that not only tourists can benefit, but obviously the locals that are here year round and all the time can benefit as yeah. well. I mean, even if you don't, even if you don't want to use the bike share yourself, just imagine that you are on the road and 40,000 less trips are taking place on the road around you. Instead, those are on trails or, you know, on the bike lane or the shoulder. So it, it really makes it easier for everyone to move around the system. Right. Not only does it cut down on traffic, but it saves wear and tear on the roads as well. And it, exactly. really, it really helps everybody all around. Exactly. So just wrapping up, if there's one thing you wanted to share or recap to let people know about Summit Bike Share, what would it be? We appreciate all the support that we've gotten and we, we continue to take input from people on changes and tweaks we can make to make um, the system better. And every year it's going to get better, so we really appreciate the support and the usage that we've seen. And when, I should have asked this at the start, but when does the season close for this year? So that is still up for debate. Last year I felt like we really could have left it open all year and just had a few days here and there where we sort of closed down and said not safe to use the bikes. So it's really, um, it'll be a decision that we make November, come November, December. Okay, just kind of depending on what kind of winter we have coming exactly, up. Right? Exactly. And the best place for people to keep uh, to keep an eye on when that closure will be and to learn more information is summitbikeshare.com. Exactly. Right. Yep. I'll put that in the notes as well. Thanks, Caroline. Thanks. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Summit County HealthCast. For news, program information, and more, visit us at summitcountyhealth.org. Stay healthy, Summit County.